Smartcast. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. It's not about the corner office. It's not about the fancy title. It's not even about the extra money. Responsible leadership is about taking care of those who choose to follow you, and that care takes on many forms. This podcast is dedicated to bringing you the best guests with the best advice to help you succeed in that endeavor. The Responsible Leadership Podcast is a production of The Leadership Phalanx. To find out more about me and what I do, visit leadershipphalanx.com. That's leadership, P-H-A-L-A-N-X.com. And now, on to today's show. All right, folks. Hello and welcome to this episode of the Responsible Leadership Podcast. I've got an amazing guest lined up for you this week, Coach Gary Waters. Coach, thanks for being with us. Oh, it's great to be with you, Earl. Oh, I am looking forward to this conversation. And listeners, what I want you to know about Coach Waters is he defines a character coach as someone who lives life with integrity, honesty, and moral values. He speaks specifically on how the sport of basketball has been riddled with scandals in recent years on the high school and college levels, and how the governing authorities are committed to repairing the reputation of college basketball. His book, and one we'll talk about quite a bit through this conversation, 10 Principles of a Character Coach, addresses many of the issues that young men and women are experiencing in the athletic arena today. Coach Waters believes character and values need to be a high priority for individuals tasked with guiding young people as well as themselves. Furthermore, he is convinced that following the principles within his book will benefit anyone in developing their character, and I wholeheartedly agree. And it is with those principles in mind and with that experience that that you bring to the table, Coach, I am excited to hear how you answer that first question I start off all of my guests. When you hear the words responsible leadership, what does that mean to you? Well, to me, that means it's a a person uh, that is responsible for others, number one, and guiding and leading, directing, and influencing in the right direction to reach a required goal. You know, we all set goals and things we want to achieve in our lives. And if if you're in a business, whatever it may be, you're setting goals and you want everyone that's on board 
to move in the same direction, but you need someone to lead that, that, that group of people. And, and that's what I think a responsible leader should be. But one thing I want to add to that is that that responsible leader should have a certain type of leadership he's dealing with. And, and the leadership I think he should be dealing with is a servant leadership where he's empowering and he's, and he's lifting up the people that are around him. Mm. I like that. And I agree. I agree with that. I know uh, servant leadership is a concept that, you know, has been around for, for quite a while. And, and, you know, it's, it's, uh, you know, it's had its day in the sun and, and a lot of people still kind of talk about it quite a bit, but uh, I'm with you. I'm a big fan of it. I'm a big fan of, of its principles. And uh, you, you use that concept quite a bit in your coaching career, right? Yes, definitely. Uh, you know, even with my with my assistant coaches, I, I tried to one of one of the main things I tried to do with them. And I even talk about it in my book is empower them to lead others. But, you know, and the people that he, they empower, they need to empower them. But at the same time, they got to serve them and meet their needs. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, and again, this is, you know, my listeners are already kind of picking up on that because, uh, you know, it's a big thing that I talk about and, you know, being a Marine Corps veteran myself, right. uh, we talk about these, these same types of principles, these uh, building generational leadership, uh, getting the next set of leaders ready to come up and, and kind of take the place. And that's kind of what you were talking about right there, right? Yes, yes. And, you know, and I'm going to talk about this later as we continue on throughout this, this interview. Uh, I got a second book coming out where I talk about the Marines and they're in this second book. Outstanding. Outstanding. I can't wait to hear about that because I always love to talk about the Marines, but um, <laughs> yeah, we, we love us some us, you know how that goes, right? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, but let, let's go ahead and talk about your first book, 10 okay. principles of a character coach. And, and I like, uh, you know, the, these 10 principles, I know uh, you were kind of heavily influenced uh, by, by coach John Wooden. Um, and you know, he was a very faith-based individual and your very first principle is God over everything. So let's talk about that. Why, why did you start there? Well, I think like we said, uh, you know, God over everything. And I, if you're going to say that, then you got to truly respond and believe in that. And what I believe is that whatever you do, you should start with God first. And, you know, we sometimes get caught up in ourselves and we think it's all about us. But it's not. And, and and if we got a higher power working with us to help us do the right things, you, by putting God first, it helps you. Yeah. Now, you know, and, and then that one is one, you know, I, I grew up Southern Baptist. I'm from from Tennessee. So, you know, I, I agree with with principle number one. But, you know, we, we see the numbers come out and I'm not sure if you've seen this, you know, uh, in the modern era, you know, atheism and, and you know, uh, the the category of paganism is kind of growing in category, and and but I like what you said there the the higher power right I mean yes yeah and you know what and, and we're gonna talk a little bit more about that too in in like I told you in the next book because I in that next book I, it's talking about what's happening today and 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 how these uh, these these behavior patterns that we have now got into leads us in a different direction, still dealing with character, but leads us in a different direction. Hmm. 
Outstanding. I'm already excited for this next book. I can't wait for this to come out. Uh, uh, yeah. Well, and, and so your next principle, and this is one that that I absolutely love, right? Because just to give you a little insight. So when I talk about, so what, what I do when I talk about leadership, and this is kind of where we really sing in harmony, you've got your 10 principles. I've got what I call the 11 shields of the phalanx. And this comes from uh, from the, the Marine Corps uh, leadership principles. It's the DOD leadership principles. But my number two and three, uh, you've basically combined them for your number two, are introspection and improvement mm-hmm. and build relationships and look out for your people. And you say, improve yourself and others. And I like the way you put those two together nice and succinctly there uh, with improve yourself and others. So let's talk about your principle number two, improve yourself and others. Why, why was that so important to put so high on the list? Well, because, you know, we talked about it earlier. You, when you ask that question, give you a definition of, the, of that form of leadership and you're working with people. And if, if you're leading them, you need to be, you need to first understand you got to lead them in the right direction because you can lead anywhere, any person, anywhere. And if it's a negative direction, we see prime example, we've seen what Hitler did. He was a great, great leader, yes. but what did he, what did he do? He let them down the wrong path. Absolutely. And so as a, as a leader, you have to understand that the people around you, you got to lead them in the right direction so they can become better people. That's the first thing, you know, you know, we get caught up in, how much we can gain, receive, and so on. And I understand that. That's that's our world today in the Western civilization. But on the other side of that, you have you have people's lives that you are responsible for. And you want to make sure they're moving in the right direction. And and you know, think about it. Uh that that directs you towards your own family and children. You gotta lead them in the right direction. Yeah. Well, and I heard you uh, on on another one of the interviews because, you know, my listeners know I I try to do my due diligence and really kind of listen to to other appearances my guests have been on. And and I heard you in um, on another show. The name just popped out of my head. But you were kind of talking about this one and you were talking about the uh, a coach's responsibility and a leader's responsibility of kind of not just like in your case, not just developing the athlete, but developing the person, right? Yes, definitely. Definitely. And in our society, we, we tend to get away from that and we need to move them in a direction where they're, they're becoming better people because one day they're going to be our leaders. You know, think about this, you know, and, and, uh, that we live in a generation right now where it's a whole different, uh, group of people that are out there making decisions for us. And if they're not moving in the right direction, we're going to go in the wrong direction. Yeah. Yeah. No, I, I, as you, as I was listening to you on that interview, and this is why I loved it so much, it instantly flashed back a memory of, of when coach Bill Barcells was inducted in the hall of fame. And I was listening to him give an interview um, as he was leading up to that. And somebody asked him, so, you know, everybody's asking you, what's your biggest success? What's your biggest success? And uh, so I'm going to take it a little different direction coach. So what's your biggest failure? And I remember without, blinking he said lawrence taylor and they looked at him and said what are you talking about lawrence taylor he's in the hall of fame he's one of the best said yeah but and and he said almost exactly what you said he goes i failed him i spent too much time developing him as an athlete and i didn't spend enough time paying attention to him as a human being 
I didn't yes. see the pain and the suffering that he was going through and the turmoil that he was going through and the things that was happening behind the scenes. I didn't pay attention to the man. I focused on the athlete. And, you know, that's so vital, Earl. I'm going to tell you why. I'll give you an example. When uh, I was recruiting a player and I went into his home and uh, the father was a lawyer. I, I mean, the father was a doctor and the mother was a lawyer. So, you know, they were moving in the right direction. Okay. Right. And however, when I came into the home, the first thing they said, coach, we're glad you're here because our goal is for you to take our son and, 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 and raise him and do and, and make him uh, uh, the best he can be. And I said, oh, I, I will make him the best he can be in regards to what we're trying to do. But the raising, you know, that's, that's on your hand, number one. And number two, and they made a comment. They said, we want you to be his role model. And that immediately struck me. I said, whoa, 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 let's stop there. I can't be your son's role model. And they looked at me and said, well, why the heck we got you in this place? Why are we bringing you here? I said, well, I can't. That's another responsibility for someone else. And the role model should be the parent. If your child, if you ask your child who's your role model and they don't say you, then someone's making a mistake in the development of that child. Yeah. Now, what I can do as a leader is be an example for him, how he should live his life and what I should able to help him with. And from that, it should, it should piggyback on what you're doing as a parent. And, and it really struck them. And they said, Oh man, you know, we hadn't even thought about it like that. Yeah. And, and today we got so many people trying to push the kid off on someone as opposed to the, to, to rear them and to develop them. You got to do that first development first. So when 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 I get them, it's just we're moving forward. Right. Yeah. Yeah, 100 percent. And I love that. I love that philosophy because, you know, and, and that should be the role of any leader, coach, leader, whether it's it's faith based, whether it's, you know, in the workplace, whether it's athletics, whatever it is. Right. I mean. I think that's where too many leaders fail their people today is, you know, they focus on how good of an accountant you are, how good of a yes, lawyer you yes. are. Yeah. They, they don't take care. They don't think that, you know, this is a person, this is somebody with a family. This is somebody with kids is somebody, yeah. you know, who maybe has mental health issues, has all of these things going on. You got to take care of the whole person, right? I would agree with that wholeheartedly. And, and, and it's our responsibility to do so, you know, not only uh, lead them in, in whatever endeavor we're into, but lead them in, in life. So they so when they finish what they do around us, they're presenting something positive to this world. You know, my whole thing's about character. Yeah. So if 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 you're not showing that character and you haven't been taught that, then you're not going to show it to anyone else. Right. Yeah. No, that is a hundred percent it. As a hundred percent, what is it? Uh, the the kind of famous John Wooden quote is: uh, uh, "Your reputation is what other people think you are. Your character is what you actually are." That's exactly right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no. I see you've been doing a little homework there. Earl. Oh yeah, well you know I live in Indiana now, so you know you got to know <laughs> oh, your John yeah. Wooden, right? <laughs> oh yeah, all the way, all the way. <laughs> uh, so, you know, I don't want to go through all of these principles here because, you know, 
listeners, you're going to go get a copy of 10 principles of a character coach. And, uh, you know, I've got kind of my, you know, short list of, of desk reference books. This is going to be added to it because all of these are nice, easy, succinct things that you need to have at your fingertips. So you can reference them, uh, as, as part of your leadership journey, leadership toolkit. Um, but I do want to kind of skip down a few here. Okay. And uh, let's go down to, um, I like number six, okay. work hard at what matters. Cause I'm kind of curious your take on this. Cause what I see is I see a lot of people like, especially millennials, right? Like millennials <laughs> get a bad rap for their work ethic. But what I see is I see a lot of people who work very, very hard, but they work hard sometimes at, at things that just don't really matter. And you, you got to really kind of get them focused on what does matter. So how do you get them to work hard at what matters? Well, you know what? It's funny you say that <laughs> <laughs> because, you know, and I keep bringing reference to this. My next book is titled Coaching Millennials from a Character Perspective. Love it. So when I when you're exactly right, and in the, and in the workforce, millennials are... Uh, misconstrued in my estimation. And what ends up happening is they define them uh, in a different manner. And so it's your responsibility to define them the way you see them. Okay. And in our society today, uh, I don't care if it's a millennial, whoever it is, you want to make sure that when you give them a responsibility, they make a commitment to that responsibility and work hard at it. Okay. However, if the, if there are other things going on in their minds and in, in in their lives, they may not focus on that as hard as they should be doing. So, and what I'm trying to tell uh, the listeners and the readers that will read this book is that when you are given a responsibility, work hard at it. Don't worry about what anyone else says. Put your put put that ahead of what you're doing, and don't get caught up in in all that other stuff that really doesn't mean a whole lot. Yeah. Yeah. No, I, I love that. It's, uh, you know, what, what was the uh, Martin Luther King quote? If it's your lot to be a street sweeper, be the best street sweeper. So that, that all the, <laughs> yeah. yeah. And, and see, and that's what I think we're losing in our society today, because I think they are, you know, they get a response, you know, think about cost of living and, and, uh, and, and how much money you get there. If it, if it doesn't give you a whole lot, they don't want to work hard at it. Yeah. You know, I, I, I today, it's funny, we're talking about this. You know, I, the other week I was walking down, I was walking downtown and I seen so many uh, signs up saying help wanted. I mean, they're asking, they need help in our, in, in our world today. Right. It's not that, 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 that uh, there's no jobs available, but people don't want to work. Well, and I think that ties into your next principle, value loyalty, right? Right, right. So yeah. one of the things, like, and again, I'm really curious your take on it, because one of the things that that we're hearing a lot from the workforce, so loyalty goes two ways, Correct. is that the organization hasn't shown us loyalty, so why am I going to show them loyalty? So we're having this kind of tug of war of who should be loyal first. 
Right, right, right. You're exactly right. And, you know, in the profession I, I, you know, I'm in college basketball, you know, you got all these new things that are hitting the NIL. I don't know if you know it, that's image and likeness right? and, and making money off of that. So, you know, that's one issue. Then they got this other thing that's that's connected to the student athlete today is the 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 portal, the transfer portal. Yep. So people are transferring just because they don't like how a person look or how a person acts instead of making being loyal and making a commitment to whatever the re, you're committed to and stay with it. You know, my parents would have told me, now think about this, Earl, your parents probably told you the same. You start something, you finish it. Absolutely. And today they're looking at this and saying, well, you don't have to finish that if you don't, if it's not making you happy. <laughs> and, yeah. uh, and that's okay. It, you know, it, it may not make you happy at that moment and, and having that and, and being a part of that. However, you still be, it's still a responsibility of yours to complete. Mm-hmm. Yeah. No, it, it, it's, I mean, it's interesting, right? Cause there's so many factors to it because using that, that transfer portal issue, right? Mm-hmm. So what, and, and this is where I kind of want to draw back to kind of like the corporate world. It's like, what responsibility do the competitive colleges have to not participate in that for the loyalty factor? Right. Because mm-hmm. the students wouldn't be, wouldn't be using that portal so freely if there weren't colleges willing to take them. Right. right. That's exactly right. That's exactly right. Well, let me let me add, and I don't want to cut you off here, but let me add to that. Do you understand last year there was close to 1,200 kids in the transfer portal mm-hmm. in Division I college basketball? 1,200 kids, but there were only 800 destinations. Wow. Now, this kid then gave up his scholarship, doing everything they did to get in that transfer portal, and he may not be selected. Mm. And then the, if he goes and he goes into the portal, the coach, he has no no allegiance to him. So what he ends up doing is he go get another kid. And so if that kid doesn't get in any place, he can't go back to the school he was at. Right. So, I mean, it's, it's a scary thing during these times. It is. It is. It, it, it goes back. There's a, a gentleman, uh, Colonel John Boyd. Um, he... he was most famous for inventing something uh, referred to as the OODA loop. Some people call it the OODA loop, but he hated calling it the OODA loop. But he had a, <laughs> he had a quote about loyalty that, that I absolutely loved. And uh, he said, if, if somebody demands your loyalty, give them your integrity. If somebody oh, demands your integrity, give them your loyalty. That's a great, that was a great phrase. And I, I, I had, I had gone over that phrase because when you deal with the Marine Corps, that's the number one thing they, they focus on is integrity. Yep. And, and when you look and, and that's exactly right. When, you know, you give them your integrity and that's why character is so vital. Yep. You know, if you show the right character, you know, people are going to follow you as a leader. And, and for some reason we feel if we gain something out of this, that's the only way we'll follow you. And that's really hurting, hurting the the generations. Yeah, no, I, I, I 100% agree. And I think that's kind of where I wanted to tie all that kind of back in is, is, you know, with 
the, the, the transfer portal with private sector organizations and all that. I think that's the one thing that uh, is lacking kind of on both sides is that integrity piece, right? Yes, yeah. yes. And, and let me give you this. It's, and that's why I wrote the book, because even if there is a transfer portal or if there's a transfer rule, in my day when I was coaching, there was a fifth-year transfer rule, correct? And that fifth-year transfer rule had been in, in, in operation for many, many years. But in college basketball, they never really looked at it. In football, they did because a kid, you know, let's say he's a quarterback. His first year, he uh, he decided he doesn't want to, uh, I mean, you know, he's trying to get bigger, stronger, and, and learn the system. So they redshirt him for a year. Then he's got four years left. He plays, he goes three years. In that third year, he graduates. And what the fifth-year rule says, at, at the end of, whenever you graduate, you can go any place you want to go regardless if you got another year available. And so that's okay. I can understand that portion of it. But what I couldn't stand is people coming and re-recruiting him from you, saying, you can come to our school if you got another year, even though he's at our school. So what I'm telling you is there was no loyalty there. You know, you had to look at that and say, hey, I I can't do that because I'm loyal to where I'm at. In our society, they say, don't, don't worry about that. Move on. Get the best you can get. Mm. Yeah. That's, uh, <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, but again, it is, it is kind of crazy. And, you know, like a lot of times when people aren't necessarily into sports, they, they wonder like, why is there always these sports analogies in leadership development? Well, this is why, because yes. there's so many parallels, like this is what's going on in your organization right now is, is what, what coach waters is talking about. The same thing is happening in your organization right now with your talent and, and, you know, there's headhunters out there that are poaching your talent. There's headhunters out there right now that are taking your people through this same type of process. And and you know what the scary thing, Earl, is, is that that's where I, when I talked about the parent, the importance of the parent, that's when the parent should step in. And yeah. today our parents aren't stepping in because they're trying to gain something from this process as well. Yeah. And, and, and what ends up happening is the child end up being used in the process. Yes. Sadly. Yes. Yeah. Sadly. You know, you skipped one, uh, one rule and, and I know you didn't do it purposely, but it's an, it was, it's one of my favorite and that's love unconditionally. Okay. And when you look at that, you, you just, Oh, well, you know, you have a wife, you love them, you show that, or you have a relationship with someone you show love. What I'm trying to say in, 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 in that chapter is that when you take young men under your, under your tutelage and you're responsible for them, you got to show them love. Yep. So they see that where they're at, the people there care for me. And when they care for me, I'm going to do everything I can to be the best I can be. So what I tried to do in this book is explain how I would show the love within our family and, and with my wife and with my children, and I, I would bring them around us. So they, so when they grow up, or when I, they're already grown up, but when they have their family, they can see what that looks like. Because many of them may not have that example in front of them each and every day. Yeah. yeah. No, 100%. 
Yeah, and and again, I, I love that that was in there. Yeah, that was going to be one of the kind of uh, hidden gems when people got the book. But yeah, I mean, I love it because, and and again, we, we'll talk about your second book here in, in just a second. But I'm sure talking to Marines, you saw that love is a big part of Marine Corps leadership. That's and, right. And that's one of the things that people are always shocked to to find out is, you know, they always have that kind of stereotypical yelling, screaming, stomping, spitting, and slobbering kind of image. And yes, that happens. Right, right. right. But, you know, as as one of my uh one of my NCOs said, is like, look, if you go look at at uh the write up for the vast majority of uh Medal of Honor uh citations you know, it talks about the, the actions and, and a vast majority of them are somebody diving on a hand grenade. Right. Right. And it says, you don't do that for people you don't love. Like <laughs> nobody jumps on a hand grenade to save people that they don't love. You're so it, it right. Just, You're so right. So yeah. And, and, and think about it. We, we were talking about two primary uh, principles, the one love and the one loyalty. The Marine Corps fits that perfectly. Mm-hmm. Because they're loyal to one another and to the people around them, yeah. and uh, and and with that love and with that loyalty, they show the love that they commit to that, and it's done unconditionally. That's why I put unconditionally. Sometimes we we think of love as if if they they look like us, they they say what we say, they are part of us, then we will love you. But it shouldn't be that way. It's see that if you're on the same team, you should be a part of that. Right. Absolutely. Absolutely. You know what, coach? I'm going to make a command decision here since we're talking about Marines and uh, I'll deal with the advertisers later. We're going to skip a commercial break this time because I don't want to disrupt this flow. This is a fantastic (laughs) conversation here Uh, because I I do want to, you know, I I do want to before we get into the second book. And like I said, I want to we're we're not going to hit all 10 of these principles because I do want people to go and get a copy of the book and find out what we didn't talk about. Right, um, right. But I do want to hit number 10 and kind of leave them with this last one here, because what I love about this one, and I've shared this story on here before, but uh, your, your number 10 is leave a character legacy. And when I, I saw this and looked at it, it reminded me of a, of a story I always share from my, my grandfather uh, when I was a young kid. And we were, I don't even remember where it was. We were at a park somewhere and there was a statue. And I asked my grandfather, I was like, you know, who's this guy? And he didn't know. And he sat there and he looked at it for a second. He said, you know what, son? He goes, when I die, I'd rather have people asking why they didn't build a statue of my honor than asking why they did. Mm. Mm. (laughs) That's pretty good. (laughs) Yeah. And I was sitting there like as a young kid, like it didn't hit. But like for some reason, those words uh, really stuck with me. And like years later, talking about leadership and building a legacy, I'm like, that's it, right? You want to. You want people asking the question, why didn't they build a statue in your honor? Then why did they? You're so right. And, and you know, in the book, it talks different stories about uh, the legacies that people leave. And I, and I, and I thought they were quite uh, relevant to what, what legacy is all about. But within a family structure, you know, you're going to like I mentioned to you earlier, I had to uh, go to my granddaughter's uh, graduation. Mm hmm. The legacy portion of that is she's going to remember I was there, right? And and that I made a commitment to to show 
how we care and we want her to be what she, the best she can be. And the same thing in any walk of life, you need to have, uh, you need to, whatever happens at the end, you need to leave a legacy that shows that you're doing the right things by them and for them. And that's, and that's what character is all about that, you know, you got to leave, uh, you got to show the, uh, the things that you're doing are right, regardless of the circumstances. And regardless who's watching, you got to show that behavior each and every day. Yes. Yeah. Well, and that goes back to integrity, right? Doing the right things because it's right, regardless of who's watching. That's exactly right. And that's why, you know, I had, you know, I created these five core values of character. And uh, in my next book, I talk about them and I kind of briefly talk about them in this book. And the four are integrity, number one. Number two, honesty. Number three is trust. Number four is respect. And number five is loyalty, what we have been talking about. Each have a design definition to say, this is, all, this is what a person of character should be doing. And with these core values, I think all the different uh, virtues and principles that are out there fit within these five core values. And if you can go out and demonstrate these five core values on a daily basis and, 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 uh, and unconditionally, then people will see that you are a person of character. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. No, I think that that sums it up very well. Yeah. Those, those are great core values there. I love that. I love that a lot. Um, no, that's that's really good stuff. I, I, I can't wait for this next book. You've got me. Uh, when's this next book coming out? And well, you, you know, you know, that was my purpose, Earl. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> to get well, you interested in this. Now, even though this first book is, you know, is what it's all about, and it begins and says everything we need to know about character uh, to a certain degree. But if you can follow these principles then your life should be moving in the right direction toward what is positive. And in our society today, we need that because we run into so many other issues, you know, like uh, you and I talked about the police department. They knew all the things that were going on in in our society with the Floyd and all these different kinds of things that were going on, but they, they needed someone to come and explain, you know, how they can use what they do in the right manner. And that's why I got involved with the police department. And they came to me and asked me that, hey, you know, we have a lot of issues here. Uh, can you come and talk about this so they understand what character is all about? But more importantly, what they should be all about. So that's why that's why I worked with the police department. Well, yeah, let's let's talk about that a little bit more, because I definitely want to get a get a deep dive into that, because, you know, again, as a veteran, I, I have a lot of love and respect for law enforcement, but I, I don't think. Anybody that has been paying attention, that has been really paying attention over the last few years, last, well, shoot, let's be honest, uh, last 25, 30 years, probably longer than that, can really say that that law enforcement doesn't need some work, right? Right, uh, right. What, what, what have you been doing with this? Like, what, let, let's talk about that a little bit. What have you been doing with these principles and what work with, with law enforcement? Well, they, you know, the person that communicated with me had read, the, had read the book, seen the book, and really was excited about it. And so he said, you know, if you could come and talk to, to my officers about some of these things. And, and I did. And the whole purpose in meeting with them 
is to to give them information that they can use. Now, I, you know, and I had to tell them even then that I don't want to get in the way of what you're doing because, you know, the issues that are going on are not everyone. You and I both know that. There's right. certain individuals that are just doing things wrong. However, when that person does something wrong, there's someone watching. Yes. And if they're on that same same force, they should be encouraging them not to do that. And that's where that's where they need help at. Because even with that Floyd incident, as we sit, sit and think about it, there are three other cops there. Yes. Okay. One of them could have said, hey, you can't put you can't do that. Take your knee off of him. Stop that. Yes. But because of probably probably uh, the, the leadership, if you want to call it that, because that person may have been ahead of them in, in their responsibility. So uh, they were afraid to say anything. But see, in our society today, we need to step forward because if we don't, and, and that's what I mean by character, then we're hurting the people that we're involved in. You know, I give you an example. I think there's three, you know, I did a, I did a, 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 a presentation on, and it's called uh, uh, Character Driven Culture, okay? Mm-hmm. And, we, and we usually formulate within three, three cultures. One is our family culture. Okay, so we need to teach and lead and direct them in the right manner. The other is our work culture, and we're usually with them more than within within with anyone. Think about it. We spend more time with the people in the work culture than anyone else. Right. And then the third one is your friend culture. All three of those things create who you are. And and here's the key to this: in those cultures, those three people, those three individual areas, each person within that culture is looking for something and they may be looking at you. If if you are the person that's coming in there showing character and this and that, they look at that. And I, and I, I have numerous stories from the past, how people looked at how I carried myself and they said, Hey, you know, this is the right way to do things. And that's why it's important that we understand that whatever culture we're in, we need to step up and have them understand that character is very, very important. Hmm. Well, okay, so so I love what you just said there, and I know we're we're kind of talking about law enforcement a little bit here, but I want to bring up a, a uh, because this show is going to air just a couple weeks after we're recording it here, because uh, but this will be a very timely based off of uh, NBA commissioners' uh, comments recently. Uh, are you familiar with all the stuff going on with uh, uh, John Morant from Memphis? Oh, yes, definitely. Okay, perfect example. Now, I'm not a huge, full disclosure, this may hurt your heart a little bit here, I'm not a huge <laughs> basketball person. Well, we got um, we to we move you over to that side there. <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, but you know what? He's a guy that was kind of winning me over, you know, because, um, you know, I, I, as soon as he came into to the league, uh, you know, being a Tennessee guy, kind of always kind of followed Memphis on the periphery. I heard all these great things he did. Like as soon as he got signed, he started hosting all these charity events, buying backpacks for kids. I'm like, Oh, here's a high character kid coming in. He's doing all these great things. Started hearing about all these great things he did. Like there was, uh, uh, you know, the, the kid that, uh, I don't remember the kid's circumstances, but he was just trying to get a pair of shoes before they came out. And Ja gave him a pair of, uh, like 
game worn shoes before they were even released. And then like a few months later, there was the girl at the game that had uh, a basketball autograph and a bunch of uh, folks stole it from her after the game. And like he invited her and her family courtside, gave them jerseys, the whole nine yards. And I, I see all these things pop up here. I'm like, man, this is a kid that's doing it right. He's showing a lot of these high character things. He's taking care of his fans. This is a kid that I can get behind, right? Right, right. And and then there's the first gun incident. And I'm like, okay, all right. So you got a moment of, of poor judgment here. And then there's the second gun incident that, that comes up. It's like, okay, guy, you, you need to start picking better friends, right? Right, right. <laughs> and, and so, you know, those three culture pieces, like – you 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 just hit the nail on the head that that friend culture piece seems to be the one that's tripping this young man up right now right all right listeners um unfortunately right here uh coach water started experiencing a little bit of issues with his personal computers had to do a couple of swaps here um we were able to get some audio towards the end but for whatever reason when he swapped over here uh, we lost the audio. Um, we've tried recovering it a few times and just haven't been able to bring it back. But the discussion here, and I'm going to paraphrase it real quick. It was a few minutes of discussion about, uh, you know, that, that friend's character piece that we were talking about and the importance of even if you're doing the right things, you really do need to make sure that you're surrounding yourself with friends uh, that have high character because if you're not doing that piece, they can bring your character down, right? And, uh, you know, for those of you who have been following, uh, John Morant has been slapped with a 25-game suspension for next season and has come out with a statement that makes it sound like he gets that piece. Uh, So Coach and I are really pulling for the uh, young man. And Coach made a good uh, point there, too. We keep calling him a kid, but he's not really a kid. He is a young man. And uh, he's capable of making these decisions and thinking for himself. And uh, he needs to take that responsibility and, and really kind of pick those high character friends and surround himself uh, with high character folks so he doesn't stumble a third time. And we're both really pulling for him that he makes that. Uh, the other thing that Coach mentioned is a podcast that he's doing uh, with NCAA coaches where they talk about um, they talk about character coaching and how they take care of these young men and, and women and, and student athletes uh, through their journeys. Uh, Guardians of the game. And uh, it's one that, that uh, Coach Waters hosts himself. So when we pick up the audio of the actual discussion here, you'll hear me asking him where that can be found. So uh, that was part of that discussion. Uh, hate doing filler audio like this in here, but you know that's kind of why. Tried recovering it. Just one of those things that we couldn't have, uh, couldn't make happen. We tried a couple times, and uh, it stinks, but uh, it is what it is. It happens in podcasting sometimes. It stinks. It was one of the last three episodes of the series. I don't think I've ever had it happen before, but just want to let you all know what happened and uh, why you're going to hear kind of a break in the conversation at that point when I ask a question and then you don't hear Coach respond. And then we jump ahead in the conversation a little bit there. So that's what happened. I thought this was the best way to handle that little situation there. And then here we go back with Coach Waters and picking up talking about his podcast and then how we can find out more about him and how you can contact him uh, to work with him about character coaching. 
Okay. All right. So uh, this podcast, when is that? Uh, when is that live? Uh, it's already been being played. Uh, it, it was during the basketball season. Okay. And, and so you can just click on uh, on your computer, go f- or uh, uh, basically any place, and it's on. It's NCAA Guardians at a game. In, well, let's put it on NCAA NABC Guardians at a game. So, no, thanks for that. And uh, I'll just go ahead and uh, make sure that I find that and I'll get the link in the show notes. So, listeners, you can go and uh, click the link and go listen to that podcast. Um, On that note, Coach, if people want to find out more about you, your your previous book, uh, when your current book lands, maybe they want to work with you, have you come work with their organization, find out what else is going on in uh, Coach Waters' world, what's a good place for them to go look? You, they can look on my website. It's www.coachwaters.com. And they can, uh, it's got all the information about this book. Now, the, you know, I know many may be interested in the next book, but like I said, that doesn't come out to, um, around November or December. So uh, right now, focus on this book, and this is where it's at. Outstanding. And we'll get that in the show notes as well. And uh, we'll make sure that all of that is uh, easily accessible for folks so they can go and, and find uh, find you as easily as possible because you, sir, are a gem. Well, uh, let me give them, let me give anyone my, my, uh, my cell number so they can get that because just in case they want to call me, they won't, they want to, one of the things I'm doing a lot of is uh, doing workshops uh, presentations, you know, speaking at different places. Uh, be exact. I just got a call the other day. They want me to come and do for the DFW. That's the airlines. I mean, airport. Every speak to their people about character. So right. my number is two one six nine zero five seven five two four. Outstanding. We'll get that in the show notes too. So folks, you can call Coach Waters personally and uh, get him booked uh, for, for your event. Um, and you've heard him here today. He is a fantastic speaker, fantastic resource. So uh, use that, reach out, and uh, have him come speak at your organization. Uh, so I love it. Uh, Coach, I love everything you're doing. I love everything you've done. I love uh, the books that you got out now. And uh, I, I can't wait to... Uh, to, to see how you build on 10 principles of a character coach and with your next book and all the great things that you're doing. I just want to say thank you very much for, uh, you know, working with and, and kind of gritting through, uh, you know, I'm a wizard in, in editing now, but I know that my uh, listeners are going to hear, we had a few little technical glitches here and there. Uh, so we got it through it, but I just want to say thank you for doing everything you're doing, being a voice out there for character and coaching and just being an outstanding guest on this episode of the Responsible Leadership Podcast. Thanks, Earl. And I just want to tell everyone out there that please remember that character matters. Well, all right, folks, there you have it. Another great show about responsible leadership. I really appreciate you listening. And if you have any feedback for me, please reach out at earl at leadershipphalanx.com. That's E-A-R-L at leadership, P-H-A-L-A-N-X dot com. Thank you for rating, reviewing, subscribing, and sharing the show so these messages can spread further and make a bigger impact. With that, 
I look forward to speaking with you again in the next episode. Introducing the Deep Leadership Podcast. Leadership is a people business. That's the philosophy of your podcast host, John Rennie. As a former submarine officer who spent 22 years leading businesses in corporate America before starting his own manufacturing business, he knows that leadership matters. Leadership matters. Deep Leadership is real-world, actionable leadership advice from John and his expert guests. Become a leader worth following. Subscribe today. Electric acid. Miles, are you ready to record our promo for season two of the Wanna Bet podcast? David, have you ever seen a grown man naked? Miles, we're not here to quote lines from Airplane. We're here to tell people that season two starts August 18th. I like Airplane. I know you do, but WannaBet is a sports betting podcast. Each week we bet $1,000 on the NFL teams and games that we love. Well, that sounds like fun. It is fun. And last year you picked over 60% of your games correctly. How'd you do? We're not talking about that. We are telling people that they can find us every Friday. So no more movie quotes. Roger, Roger. Electric Acid. Electric Acid.